Hello again, friend. Did you check out the Decoding Obesity community yet? This is yet another resource that you do not want to miss out on. I wanted to create this closed community for people with obesity where we can discuss all things obesity openly. You can sign up by going to www.decodingobesity.com forward slash Facebook. This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. How many of us skip breakfast in our fast-paced lives today? Adele Davis was one of the most influential nutritionists of the 20th century who championed the better health through better nutrition. She said this famous quote, Eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. Hi friend, hope you're all doing well and staying safe. I decided to delve into this interesting topic to see what is the truth and the science behind this quote. Let us begin by understanding this old adage. What Adele Davis meant by this was to have a good amount of calories for breakfast, a lighter lunch and a very light dinner. It talks about the timing of caloric intake. There was a very interesting and insightful study done on what meals look like in today's world. It turns out we are eating all the time. The median daily eating duration in this study was found to be 14 hours and 45 minutes, which means that we are eating for nearly 15 hours out of the 24 hours. The average meal duration was just 14 minutes and 36 seconds, and the median inter-meal interval was 3 hours and 6 minutes, and 37.5% of the calories were consumed after 6pm. So we as a society are eating for longer hours, eating more frequently, and eating later in the day. The concept of meal timing stems from the fact that we all have circadian rhythm driving our biology. We have often heard that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. What is the data behind this? There was a study looking at how consuming the same amount of calories at breakfast versus dinner would affect weight loss. The researchers performed a randomized trial and looked at various parameters including body weight and BMI. Now it's important to understand that a randomized study is what we're always looking for. The study ran for 12 weeks. They divided the participants into two groups. The breakfast group got 50% of the calories for breakfast and only 14% of the calories for dinner. This was reversed for the dinner group. While the weight loss did occur in both the groups, the heavy breakfast group showed a 2.5 times greater weight loss, which in turn meant a significantly greater reduction in BMI in the breakfast group. There were various other noteworthy findings from this study as well. Any weight loss will lead to improvement in insulin sensitivity. But this improvement was also greater in the breakfast group. They also noted a greater improvement in the lipid profile of the breakfast group compared to the dinner group. As you might know, ghrelin is the hunger hormone and its suppression leads to feeling less hungry. The breakfast group individuals also had higher satiety score and a greater ghrelin suppression leading to less hunger. Well, this begs the question, what should be consumed in breakfast? What forms a good breakfast? Meal composition, in addition to timing, also influences satiety. And we've covered this in the previous episodes as well. The same researchers who performed the prior study that I just mentioned, 
also performed a study to look at how composition of breakfast influenced the appetite and weight regain. Now in this study that they performed, individuals were put on either a low carb breakfast or a high carb and protein breakfast, keeping their calories the same for both the groups. Both groups were followed for 32 weeks, with the first 16 weeks looking at the weight loss and the next 16 weeks looking at the maintenance of the lost weight. Now, not surprisingly, whatever type of breakfast they followed, there was some weight loss seen at 16 weeks in both of the groups. But the people on a high carb and protein breakfast lost additional weight in the ensuing 16 weeks, while the low carb group noted a weight regain. Satiety was also noted to be improved in the high carb and protein group. There have been several other studies that have shown that protein consumption at breakfast compared to lunch or dinner leads to greater initial and sustained feeling of fullness, increased satiety, and reduced concentrations of the appetite-regulating hormone called ghrelin. It is also important to understand it's not just about the calories or the macronutrients being consumed, but also the fact that the resting metabolic rate might be changing. So there was a very interesting randomized crossover study performed looking at the resting metabolic rate in individuals if they consume the same amount of calories in the morning or in the evening. What the researchers found was very fascinating. They found that while the fasting resting metabolic rate did not change from morning to evening, but the resting metabolic rate after the meal was higher for the morning meal versus the evening meal, even though the calories were the same. Not only that, they also noticed a delayed and larger increase in glucose and insulin concentrations after the evening meals. There are several other studies that have looked at the impact of eating breakfast on cardiovascular health, showing improved cardiovascular outcomes. There was a cross-sectional study. Now, of course, cross-sectional studies are not ideal, but nonetheless, it did show an increased association of atherosclerosis with skipping breakfast. Similarly, another study showed increased mortality from cardiovascular diseases if people skipped breakfast. Lastly, breakfast skipping has also been associated with an increased risk of type 2 diabetes. And now I do not want to bore you with more studies, but there are a few more that are worth mentioning here. There was a study that analyzed the data from a very big database of the Adventist Health Study 2, comprising of 50,660 adults over 30 years of age of the Seventh-day Adventist churches. The study concluded that in relatively healthy adults, eating less frequently, no snacking, consuming breakfast, and eating the largest meal in the morning may help preventing long-term weight gain. There was also a nationwide study performed in Japan which followed 43,663 children aged 1.5 years until 12 years of age. So this was a longitudinal study as we say in scientific terms which followed these children along. And they basically looked at the patterns of the parents, whether they were skipping breakfast or not skipping breakfast and how it impacted the children. And what they found was that children whose parents skipped breakfast were more likely to skip breakfast than those whose parents ate breakfast for all ages. Additionally, when comparing to children who did not skip breakfast, children who skipped breakfast had a significantly increased risk of overweight and obesity. In addition to these studies that I've mentioned here, there are other studies looking at consumption of heavier meal later in the day being associated with slower weight loss. But this is just a part of the story. You see, there are studies supporting both sides. There are enough studies saying that there is no significant effect of skipping breakfast on weight loss. So at the end of the day, we have data pointing in both directions with some studies showing beneficial effect of a healthy breakfast and others showing not so much. The way I look at it is that this might be something worth trying in conjunction with other techniques if you're stuck. If you haven't 
been eating breakfast, maybe trying that as a modality to see if that helps you may be helpful. The key, however, is to have a healthy breakfast should you choose to do so, as there is data for that too. You know, there was an interesting Swiss study that actually looked at the breakfast composition and weight loss and found that if the breakfast was composed of fruit, natural cereal flakes, nuts and seeds, and yogurt, it was associated with less obesity as compared to breakfast with either white bread, butter, sweet spread, or a Western-style breakfast with the highly processed cereals that we have along with milk. Well, there are several studies pointing in both directions with respect to the benefits of breakfast. A lot of them show the benefits of breakfast, as I pointed out, and there are a lot of them that show no benefit of eating breakfast. So what do you do? Do you eat breakfast every day? Is it a healthful breakfast? Please do write to me and let me know. I'm very curious to know how this is working for you. And if you do change your eating pattern, do let me know how that works out for you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Well, this is all we have time for today. I'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.